Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Mean Line Media presents the Olivia Fox Podcast. Welcome to the Olivia Fox Podcast. I am Olivia Fox. Thank you so much for checking me out once again. Well, this train is moving, baby. I'm telling you, we are doing the doggone thing. So I'm going to need for you to tell a friend to tell a friend. Your girl is here, available wherever you get your podcast. You need to subscribe and like because I want to know that you're there. And if you have any feedback, it's all good. I can take it. If it's bad, I'll just ignore it. So that's how that's going. Anyway, we appreciate you guys so much for tuning in. Well, tonight, today, the show is all about, I don't want to say we're going to go Hollywood because, you know, sometimes when people hear Hollywood, they think, okay, here we go. But we've got a brother that is joining us today on the podcast. Let me tell you, I, I secretly stalk him on social media. Um, because I love one particular show that he was on and I was ready to fight somebody when they took it off. So I was like, well, at least I can get my fix while I stalk him. He don't know, but anyway. (laughs) So I was so happy to hear that you were, you know, down for coming on the show. Please welcome to the podcast actor. And I'm going to say advocate for dads all over the country. It's John Nicholson. Hello. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm I like I don't even know how to like follow up such a such a kind introduction. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much for accommodating us. I know you're super busy, but I did want to have an opportunity to talk to you um, because I am a fan of your work and I enjoy what you do. And you just, I don't know, your humor on Facebook be killing me. And I'm like, (laughs) I got to talk to this man because he a trip. His sense of humor is really crazy like mine. I'll be on the floor dying. I was like, let me see what John talking about today. But um, (laughs) while getting ready for the show, how did you go about, because it, and the way I saw it, you kind of fell into acting. Can you tell us a little bit how that happened? Yeah. So like um, if the question is, is like, how did I like get into like the character of being Rod on, on Murder Chose Me? Like when um, when I found out that I was booked for the role, like before, even before that, I had actually um, when I knew who you know, the part I was auditioning for. I did some research online. I wanted to find out, you know, who he was and find out some of his backstory. I watched a lot of his like TV interviews where he had been interviewed by like TV reporters and stuff. So I kind of had an idea, uh, give me an idea of like what his mannerisms were like and like the way the way he spoke and his pronunciation. Um, and then when I um, when I booked a role, I asked the, one of the executive producers to put me in contact with him. And so then I called him up and then like he and I talked on the phone for like, I think the first time I called him, we talked on the phone for like two or three hours. Like we just like, we really, we really hit it off um, from the beginning. Um, and then he invited me to come out to Shreveport. So then I went out to like, I went out to Louisiana to where he lives. And so I kind of like, I had the whole Rod Demery experience, right? Like I stayed at his house and drove around, took me to like all of his favorite places to eat. And I met like his police friends and like district assistant district attorneys. And so I really had an opportunity to kind of, 
see him from from his own you know from his own perspective and so i think that all just helped uh when it came time to you know stepping on set as rod john nicholson a television actor movie actors with us today on the podcast we're talking about the television show that originally came out on id network murder chose me and now it's available on amazon prime so let me ask you this, because sometimes when I watch the show, I was like, man, this is heavy. You know, this is really heavy. Did it impact you reacting, the, yeah. you know, doing the roles and hearing the stories because these stories are true? Did you hear a story or did something hit you like, you know, it really hit you right here? Yeah. So there's um, and this was season one. Um, it was I think I want to say this was uh First, it was actually the first episode of season one. Um, a pregnant young girl is found floating in a pond. Um, and I actually had a chance to meet her, like that girl's actual mom. When we did the premiere in Shreveport, um, she came to the premiere. And I remember she came. She follows me now to this day on social media. Um, she says she enjoys my sense of humor, but she's such a beautiful spirit. And knowing that her daughter and her grandchild came to like such a terrible, such a terrible end, um, I couldn't help but feel like, like you just, you, you, I could only imagine. I think that only helped me understand how Rod would have felt in that situation. Because how could you not? You know, how as a as a human, how could you not feel for this person? And especially right. that I had, you know, a face to put that with. Like this is a person. So I think even when we were shooting the show, you know, we we are, we definitely had, you know, there were like positive vibes on the show. But I think everyone was like super aware that like what we're doing, like these scenes that we're recreating, like these were somebody's lives, right? Like somebody's somebody's mama really cried like somebody's husband or wife or daughter left in the morning and didn't come home you know that night and like so there was always like that that air of like you know let's make sure we get this right and I think one of the things I've heard from some of the family members is they felt like you know we tried on the show to treat their show uh treat their their uh family members you know death with with dignity and so that they felt like you know that it was covered um from the victim's perspective right now let me ask you because you know I know the show was very very popular when it was on I know we watched it and talked about it when the show ended what were your feelings were were you like man this is messed up or were you like man you know what I mean because I know I saw your book your Facebook page people were like really upset you know I, I you know I look at it I look at it two ways honestly right like okay on one hand um it's the old adage, right? You're like, you know, you got to be grateful that it happened and you can't really be sad that it ended. I mean, like, it's, it's like anything, like any job that anybody has ever had where they really enjoyed their job and they like coming to work. And then like, for whatever reason, the company went under or you get laid off. It's like, it was, you enjoyed what you did. And like the end came quicker than you would have, <laughs> than you would have right. ever like, actually, you know, been happy with. But 
you know, you're grateful that you had a chance to work there. You're grateful that you had a chance to like meet and work with like really good people. And you just feel like on one level that, you know, okay, so I went through this, I experienced this. And now that that's gone, now I need to like look forward and like see like what is the next thing going to be? Because you don't want to really get like stuck on that. I think you got to be appreciative of it, but you got to also be like, okay, cool. That was because before murder chose me like I like I was alive and living before murder chose right. me. Murder chose me comes along and I'm on this cool show and yo this is cool bro. and now murder chose me is gone and it's like okay so now I'm like looking like for the next thing right and so life goes on and I think and and um and and also uh watching my son's career you know take off has like been and you know in a way it's a blessing because if I was busy I would I wouldn't be as available for that and we did a podcast here um on the Olivia Fox podcast about young people getting into the industry and the opportunities and how things happen and, you know, the labor laws and this, that. How did your son Phoenix, how did you, you know, get him into it? Or was it something that he said, daddy, I see you. This is what I want to do. Yeah. So, so Phoenix actually, um, it's so funny. So like when he was three months old, um, I saw that all my children was, was casting for African-American babies. So Phoenix was actually, um, if, if you remember watching all my children, Jesse and Angie, they had a baby. I do remember them, yes. And Phoenix was actually Jesse and Angie's baby. So he, that, Are you kidding no, me? No, 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 for real. And so, like, I, I, man, it was so crazy. So, like, and then, you know, his role was listed as, like, recurring. So Phoenix was right. on the show. I was taking him to set three or four times a week. And, you know, I'm, we're there. And, like, I met Donnell, uh, Donnell Williams. And it was like, yo, it was crazy. And, um, and then because of me being on set with Phoenix, the casting director happened to be on set and said to me, hey, are you an actor? And I was like, yeah, I am. And he was like, well, do you have a headshot? So I ran out to the car and got And that's how I ended up getting on All My Children. Wow. It's really about the, being at the right place at the right time. So how do you handle, how old is your son now? He's 12. Okay, so he's still under 18. Mm-hmm. How do you go about making certain that he's okay? Because I, I know with a lot of, I, you know, I don't call you a stage parent because you're also an actor, but a lot of stage parents, they, they have that close tightness with their child because you don't want to put your child in a situation where it's like you don't really know what's going on. Absolutely. So um, number one is I always check in with him because I'm always asking Phoenix, listen, are you sure that you're still happy doing this? Like, do you still enjoy doing this? Right. Because I don't want him to. And I know on some level it's inevitable because if your dad does this and then, you know, there's maybe this sort of you should do this, too. If your dad's a doctor, you should be your dad's a dentist. You should be a dentist. You know, there's sort of that your dad's a pilot, you should be a pilot. There's a little bit of that. Um, But I mean, in some cases, if that's what your kid really enjoys, then being a pilot or a dentist or a lawyer or whatever, that should be great. But I think where the unfortunate part comes in is where there's this pressure, right? Where the kid feels pressure to do something because their parent did that. And so I always check in with him, like, listen, you know, if you don't want to do this anymore, let me know because it, it is a lot. You know, you sacrifice a lot. Acting is a lot of hard work. Um, and if you don't love those moments on set, if you don't live for the moments in front of the camera, if that just doesn't delight you between, like I always say, like I live for like between action and cut. 
right? Like if you don't, if that, if that life between action and cut doesn't make you happy and you don't right. really enjoy, then acting is not for you. And then you should probably do and pursue something else that would make your heart happy. Right. And so, um, so I always tell my son that he's been hearing that since he's literally since he's been, you know, a year old or two years old or whatever. So, um, so I always check in with him to make sure that this is what he wants to do. Um, and, I'm always reading whatever role he gets offered an audition for. Um, I'm always reading the script. I've, I've, I've had to like say, no, um, we're not going to, we're going to pass on this audition because I just didn't feel like some of the language sometimes for African-American children. Um, I'm just not comfortable with it. Right. Like I understand like he is an actor and there are like, age appropriate like words and conversations and I think so oh, you you've got to be like you've got to be the gatekeeper for your kid right and you right. the one to decide no you know I'm not really because as an actor I can't ask him to say something in a truthful way without understanding what it means right right have been times where like, you know, he's had an audition and like there's a word in there and like we got, okay, time out. So this is what that means. And you've got, there's an explanation that goes along with it. Because if, if an actor doesn't really understand what something means, how can they say it from a true right. place? And so some of these, sometimes there's been some roles where I'm just like, you know what, you're 10 and that's not appropriate, right? That's just not an appropriate conversation at 10. At 14, you know, we're probably in the ballpark, right? But at nine or 10, Mm. But I mean, my son has cursed. He's like used some, you know, curse words in 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 um, you know, in auditions, in some projects that he's done. And I recognize that, like, okay, like you know, in in real life, I know I certainly cursed as a kid, right? I knew how to do it in front of my parents, <laughs> but, right? But maybe around my friends and stuff, you know. So I recognize that's reflection of real life. But I think you gotta, as a parent, it's your job to really understand. Like you can't, you can't just throw your kid to the wolves. That's right. And you know when, and I think that when I'm watching the news or when you see young people maybe cutting up, I'll be like, well, where, where is the mom and the dad? What is going on? Right. You know. And sometimes I get it. Sometimes the fruit does fall a little bit ways away from the tree. Things happen. But for the most part, you have to be an advocate for your children because no one else will do it. You have to make sure that they're cool. Now, being a black man, a black actor, you have your son. Have you ran into any kind of issues? Have things changed since you started? in terms of diversity and people of color and getting roles? Do I think it's changing? Yes, right? Like, I, I think it is, but I think, like, think of, like, changing in terms of, like, an iceberg, an iceberg melting, right? Like, it might be hundreds of thousands of gallons of water being released, but the iceberg still, to the naked eye, still kind of looks the same, right? And so, like, it is melting, but not at a rate where you can just see the change um, with your naked eye. But I think there are more there are more opportunities, I think, just for not for people of color, for people of, you know, different sexual orientations. I think like there are, um, you know, but there's also some pushback coming from some of the changes as well. Right. Because yes. not everyone is comfortable um, with, you know, how our world is going to look 20 years from now or 30 years from now. Like it's right. The, the, our societal change is coming, whether people are going to be comfortable with that or not. Like it's, it's coming. We are, you know, 
we are changing as a country in terms of what we look like and our skin complexion and our hair and the food we eat. We're we're definitely we're definitely changing. So it, it's it's definitely a change, but um, you know, not as fast as everyone would probably prefer. Exactly. And, you know, to kind of pick back on what you were saying about change, people are trying so hard on, on all different types of uh, areas, so hard to try to go back, to go backwards or to keep, you know, I, I won't say us, you know, because I'm, 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 I'm so very pro-Black and it's not that I'm anti anybody, but I'm going to be about my people mm-hmm. and what impacts us in our community. So, you know, we're, we're seeing folks just trying to fight and be resistant to keep things as they're comfortable with. And, mm-hmm. and they, they just don't, I, I guess it's kind of like pie. You know, some people think if everybody gets an equal slice, it's going to take from them. And it's not that way. There's right. plenty of pie for everybody. There's right. plenty of freedom. There's plenty of opportunity. Um, but it is, it is uh, uh, a bit challenging and, you know, sometimes it can be discouraging, but you know, we got to keep it moving. That's, that's what we do. We keep it moving. Now I have seen you talk about um, being a father uh, as far, as being an advocate for men, raising their children and being in their children's lives. What do you see that changing in, within our society, within our communities that, you know, black men are, are more because they get such a bad rap. And well, I was raised by a good father. I have three older brothers. So, you know, I don't buy into it. But what are your thoughts on African-American men, men of color and being fathers? Here's the like, here's the really like interesting Interesting thing about this whole conversation about, you know, men of color being in their children's lives, et cetera. Right. So, like, there's always been this perception that, you know, black fathers don't stick around and, you know, they have kids and they like Johnny Appleseed. They just dropping kids everywhere. And then, you know, and then so like quietly, I want to say this came out in like 2013, 14. The CDC releases a report. And they say in this report, and it was like so weird because anyone can Google this and you can find it. The CDC releases this report and says that African-American men are like two or three times more likely to pay an integral part in their children's lives than their non-African-American peers. Right. And that's across the board. And that literally like that government report literally flies in the face of what the like prevailing stereotype has been, right? The prevailing stereotype has been complete opposite of that. And and in fact, the reality is, is that African-American men play a really integral part in their kids' lives and they don't necessarily get the, they don't necessarily get the credit for it. So there's some groups that I think like do a good job of promoting that. And the Dad Gang is one of them. They have, uh, they're an organization on Instagram and they do a lot of like promoting promoting positivity about making sure that African-American or men of color in general just get the respect um, and the recognition they deserve for, you know, being the dads that are like walking kids to school and taking their daughters to like father-daughter dances and, you know, picking their kids up from school and taking them to baseball and basketball and ballet and swimming and like all the things that like involved fathers do. Um, Whether then, you know, whether the relation between the mom is good or not, like dads are still saying, and that's not going to be an, an impediment to me being, you know, the dad that I need to be. Absolutely. And, you know, to me, when things like that, when you hear about these types of things happening, I'm always like, I think about how much I love my kid. And I'm thinking, how can you create a life 
even if things didn't work out with you and the woman and not be there, not be in the child, not know what's going on with somebody who has, you know, you in them, you know, they, right. your DNA is within that child. So um, I just think that it's, it is something that should be talked about more that should have more men, black men coming forward and saying, you know, no, it's a myth. Mm-hmm. We do take care of our own. And mm-hmm. we, you know, we are in, you know, in, included in our children's lives. So um, what was the name of that organization? The Dad Gang. Okay. The Dad Gang. Okay. Dad Gang um, on uh, on Instagram. And like, they're just, you know, I had a chance to meet them. They did a, um, they did a, a Black Dads March here in LA a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so my son Phoenix and I went out, you know, to be in support of them. And it was just, it was just good to just see like positive, you know, just positive brothers, man. They were out there with their daughters. Mm-hmm sons and you know and like some of them were, were were like families and some of them were single dads and you know and it was like this was just like hey we are here to say the stereotype is wrong right? absolutely let it be known absolutely let it be known we out here right <laughs> let me ask you this if if you had an opportunity to talk to john from 18 years old wow. what would you say to your 18 year old self Ooh, man, that's a good question. Wow. I would say that I would tell 18-year-old John that don't ever doubt yourself. That inner voice is there for a reason. Um, You know, there's an inner critic, too. And so we need to be mindful of, like, what role our inner critic plays for us and how much airtime we give our inner critics so that it doesn't keep us from like being able to accomplish anything. But that inner voice that says you can, that, that believing in yourself that, yeah, that, 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 that you can do anything you want. Um, as long as you're willing to work hard for it. And that inner voice, listen to it. Like not the critic, but the, the, the positive. Cause sometimes we can be our own worst enemies with that self-doubt within ourselves it can be literally paralyzing like right like that inner critic can like keep you from even trying to do something because your critic is telling you now you know that's just gonna fail you know you're not gonna be any good at it and like you might not even give yourself a chance to try something different because because of that fear yes indeed so where can people find john where are where can we find you on social media i know you there because i'll be seeing you (laughs) So you can uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at John Nicholson, the actor underscore after the R in actor. Um, and you can find me at uh, on Twitter at John Nicholson, 71. And you can find me on uh, Facebook at John Nicholson, the actor. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you so much, John. It has been a real pleasure um, talking to you about yourself, your son, any new projects or anything coming up for, for either one of you that we can look out for? Because in case you've been under a rock and didn't didn't know about Murder Chosen, you can check it out on Amazon Prime. But are there other things that are going on for you or your son Hold that on. you got coming back that we can look out for? Yes. So I got to brag on uh, Phoenix just a little bit. So, um, yes. so, okay, so three years ago, Phoenix got nominated for the Nova Star Young Performers Award. He got nominated for Best Actor in a, in a film, and he won. And then last year, Phoenix got nominated for Best Actor by the Nova Star Young Performers Award, which is an international award from uh, U.S. and Canada. It's like young people 
under 21, all between U.S. and Canada. So last year, he got nominated for uh, Best Actor in a Web Series, and he won. And so this year, he's been nominated again for Best Actor in a Web Series. And so we're going to find out. Um, I think the award show is uh, June 17th or the 18th. We're going to find out if he's going to actually win for three years in a row. So really excited about that. That's a blessing. And then he's got actually got a film coming out um, called Free Lunch. Um, And it's like a coming of age film. It's about it's a it's like an ensemble cast. There's these four actors, including Phoenix. Um, They're friends in middle school and kind of like the trial and tribulations they go through. Think of like, you know, Stand By Me and like Goonies. It's one of those type of really upbeat, make you feel good. And it's a super diverse cast. Uh, so, uh, so Latina, uh, director, and she really did a great job of like casting like a really diverse cast. And so I think it's going to be, it's going to be out, I think by midsummer. And so we're really excited to really excited to see that. Wow. Well, we're going to be keeping our fingers crossed and you'll announce it on your social media if he wins, correct? For sure, I will. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. Well, I wish you continued success, you and your son. Please keep pushing out here in these streets and letting folks know that Black men matter and Black fathers matter and we out here. So I I just encourage you to continue to do that because we need it. Every little thing we can get, anybody out there being an advocate, we need that. So I appreciate that. John? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the Olivia Fox podcast. I wish you continued success. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I have. Okay. And make sure you check us out. Let everybody know the Olivia Fox podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Subscribe and like. And we'll talk again soon. The Olivia Fox Podcast is produced and hosted by Olivia Fox. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Olivia Fox Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, comment, and rate. Follow Olivia Fox on IG at Olivia Fox Radio. Follow the Mean Old Line Media Podcast Network at Mean Old Line Media. Get the Mean Old Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The Olivia Fox Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 